Hello and welcome to another episode of Energy Extra Time. I'm Sean McGill and we're here to bring you more engaged, unfiltered and analytical football debate from Scotland and the wider world. Uh, I'll introduce you first to my usual co-host Cameron Monstow. How's your week been mate? Alright, yeah. Can't complain. Really, not anything. I bet you could complain. What's the thing you want to complain about most about your week? What's went wrong? I don't know. Nothing. I've actually not. I've had a genuinely solid week. It's boring. It's in lockdown. I've done nothing. Went to uni classes. Slept in. Missed missed half of the first lecture of the week. So I'll complain about that. That's shocking. really. Nothing going on. What about yourself? Anything? No, because I've been in those uni classes waiting for you to show up and then you're late. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even on my camera. Absolutely. I can't really. focus when I know you're not there. I didn't know if you were safe. I was worried. <laughs> but I you saw. Don't, care about it, Sean. Don't, don't lie. It's fine. Yeah, that's true, don't actually. Lie. Um. <laughs> Jamie will move on. We'll move on to Jamie McIntosh, our new Heart of Midlothian correspondent here at Energy Sport. Uh, you finally got back to Tynecastle last Saturday for Hearts friendly with Partick Thistle. Did it, how did it feel to be back in Gorgie? Yeah, it was good. Funny, funny, uh, funny experience. You know, obviously you're so used to sitting in your usual kind of seat with fans around you, and obviously I was watching a game from a from a different seat, sitting beside Joel Skid, which was uh, <laughs> a new experience for me. So. Were you chatting to Joe Skid? Uh, not really, no. I kind of kept myself to myself on my first day. I didn't want to come yeah. across as the, the new geeky guy on, on, on campus. So uh, hopefully I'll, uh, I'll, they'll, they'll get to recognise me and uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of banter over the season. They'll recognise you as, as geeky soon enough. And you, as long as you don't patch us for the terrace, <laughs> the, the terrace boys. The energy sports with No, of that, course so. not. I would never do that. I would um, never do that. You need to remember where you come from, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And, Graham, it, might, it was maybe not the same emotional attachment for you, and there might have been no members of the terrace sitting next to you, but you were also at a game last Saturday for Energy Sport as you took in Libby versus St Johnston. How did you find the experience of covering live football in the strange times that we're in? It wasn't the best of games, but just being back at a football game was yeah. amazing, Sean. Yeah, it, was, it was nice weather, the sun, in the second half I could barely see because the sun was in my eyes, which doesn't really happen. It's just like seeing football just in front of my eyes in person. It's amazing. How? How shouty was David Martindale? So I don't know if, it was, if he was as bad. I think he was shouting, but I couldn't hear him because we're on the opposite side to where he is. Mm-hmm. I thought Marvin Bartley was the, was more really of a shouty, but I, Martin Bartley, like mostly good. Apart from he did uh, seem to not take kindly to Lars Lockditch. And he came on, didn't seem happy with his performance, but he was screaming most of the game. And then for playing a top trumps, uh, Billy Dodge was with the other game. Really? Uh, I'm not sure Billy Dodge beats Joe Skid. But... I don't know, it depends what era you're from, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> we'll move on now to our opening segment, which is the big shout. We give our controversial opinions and takeaways from the week of football. Cameron, I've got an inclination as to what yours might be, and I'm interested to hear what the, the boys think of it. So how about you? You set yeah, us off. sure. Mine's is actually mine's is a good big shout this week, unlike last week. Um, <laughs> last week when you said the team who's third was sort of third. Well, actually, this is just as bad for that reason, actually, because this team is sitting in the Champions League spots. But um, I think Aston Villa will finish in the top ten. That's what I think. Are you going well, to... Do you want before? me to elaborate? Well, I'll elaborate. Yeah, right. please. Basically, I'm not putting it down to the results they've already had, because what they've done is they've beat a 10-man Sheffield United team who are really struggling. They've beat Fulham, who are probably going to come bottom this season from what we've seen. And their next game's Liverpool, so they probably will lose this game. So I'm not even taking it from 
just these performances, but the restart last year did a really tough running. Looked like they were going to get relegated. In fact, I think I did tip them, or maybe I said they'd finish 17th. I can't quite remember. But they saved it in the final few days. They beat Arsenal 1 0. Their defence, that had been quite leaky all season, I think maybe conceded the second most goals last season. They started to actually gel well together towards the end of the season. And at the start of this season, it seems the exact same. Like Ezri Consa, Tyrone Mings with Emmy Martinez behind them, Matty Cash is coming at fullback, looking solid. Their midfields, the four midfielders are a pick of Douglas Lees, John McGinn, Jack Grealish, and Ross Barkley, who's just came in on loan. I think that's a pretty solid midfield. And Ollie Watkins and Bertrand Chirori have just joined to bolster their attack. So I just think they have a really solid team. I'm sure, I think it was actually you, Graham, given you said on the chat that their signings look good this year. And I agree. I just think the other teams, you've got the big six in Leicester. I think they're certain top tens, ever unlikely. But I don't know who else, because I think Burnley and Sheffield will fall down. And I'm not sure who else can take up those two remaining top ten spots. And I think Aston Villa, I think they'll be one of them. Where I take issues, sorry, Graham, but I just think that I think there's a top nine that's pretty much nailed on. The usual top mm. six, Wolves, Leicester, Everton, I think will be in the top nine. So mm, for me, there's well, yeah. so there's one space remaining. And mm. have we seen enough from Villa to suggest they'll be better than Brighton, better than Crystal Palace? Leeds. Uh, Leeds, obviously. Southampton were tipped to do well before. They've had a dodgy start, yeah. but... Um, they are, they are the, that's the four teams I have directly below them in my predictions, I must say. But I... Don't know. Wolves, Wolves are brilliant, right? I'm not taking that away from them, and they should be a top 10 team. Just, they've seemed very off this season. Like, they just got smacked 4 0, was it, of West Ham? I know you yeah. can't take it away from one game, of course, of course not, but I'm just unsure on them. I just think Villa have something about them this year, and I quite like Villa. It's maybe a little bit of bias towards them, but yeah, I just I just have that inkling that they're going to. I'm going to say they'll finish ninth. I'm not saying they're going to push for Europe, Ooh. but. To push up from one point, stay up on, on the final day of last season, if they get a top 10 finish this season, that is, that's huge. And I think they're very much capable of doing that. <coughs> Sorry, doing that. Graham, like, you said, you, uh, like Cameron said there, you're complimentary of Villa's signings, but are you as excited as Cameron? Do you think they could push for a top half finish? Uh, I'm doubtful. Because I think, I did, say, I did say they'd make good signings after they signed Barkley on loan, but... There's still a couple. Ollie Watkins at 30 million, I said in the previous set, I just wasn't convinced by that. I just think that they, they avoided relegation by the skin of their teeth last year. And this year for them, it's just about being comfortable. I don't think pushing the top half is something that they should be aiming for. And I think maybe in Cameron's part, it's a slight overreaction to beating. Uh, ten beat the two teams he did. Thanks for the two. Sometimes Cahoon's got a text. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. That bad from the host that. <laughs> but uh, it's not the worst shout. It's a bold one. You need to go bold after last week. Need I needed to make up after last week. I needed to make up for it. Okay. But I, I, I don't need to think, go really big this week. <laughs> but I, don't, I do not think top ten is feasible this year. I think there's one spot. I'm not. I think there's three or four teams better than Villa for me. Jamie, what do you think? Is there any chance that Dean Smith's side could finish in the top 10? I think there is a chance. I think if you look at the money that they've spent, they should be up there. They should never have been where they were last season with the money that they spent. Mm. I think the signings have been positive. Um, I think they've strengthened in areas that they had to strengthen in. Um, I think Martinez is a, an excellent signing in goals. Um, Matty Cash was solid enough at Forest last season and I think he'll come in and do do a solid enough job for them. 
and then you move forward. And I, I don't know what's changed now because when Ollie Watkins first signed, we were all saying, oh, you know, that's, that's shocking because of the fee and all that. And now we're tipping them to, to get a top 10 finish with him leading the line. So I don't know. I don't know what's changed, but uh, we all seem to now think that Aston Villa will have a good season. And I don't disagree. I think they'll be up there. But 10th, I don't know, 9th, 10th, I'd say 12th or something probably. Yeah, I think I'm the same as you, Jamie. I was talking to about it with a pal the other day that if you look at that starting 11, like Cameron was saying, it's a very good starting 11. Um, but I think there are some pretty good teams at the top end of the Premier League this year. So I'm not quite convinced they'll finish top half either. Graham, what are you saying to it? What's your big shout? Yeah, well, I'm going to move back to Scotland and I'm going to go for my own team this one. Uh-huh. And this isn't a wholly original take. I have seen this somewhere. But I think that Rangers should try James Tavernier in central midfield. That's an interesting... I've not seen that. Uh, it was a uh, football Stewart or SPFL Raider. I like football Stewart. Good guy. He's but a good he, follower. I think he's a Rangers man. Yes. So it's mostly, mostly Rangers talk. But he mentioned it the other day. And it got me thinking about it. And t- for Tavernier, it's always been, oh, he shouldn't be a right back, he should be a right winger. And I've never seen that personally. I don't think he's got the trickery and the dribbling skill to be a competent winger, especially not the Rangers team because they play so narrow. I think if they tried him at number eight in centre midfield, so not like the deep holding one, but kind of the driving forward engine one, centre midfielder, that he could actually be very, very good. Is this the season to to play about with tactical things like that and then if you're losing James Tavernier at right back the the option would be Nathan Patterson who by all accounts is very highly rated and I would like to see him get more minutes to try and solve that horrendous right back problem for the national team but do you think in a season of such importance should Rangers really be looking to do to do things like that? Well, I, don't, I don't see what the massive issue with it in some points is and I don't mean to disrespect the points but for example Rangers play Ross County on Sunday mm-hmm. and it's it's not a massive risk to put Tav in centre midfield against Ross County. Rangers should comfortably be beating them no matter who plays. They could probably play a second string eleven and probably come away with a win. I just I look at Tav's attributes in this our position central midfield and I feel like he's got so much to offer because it's a kind of area that we've been lacking in. It doesn't seem as though there's a new signing coming in there. The only negative I saw about it was maybe like it's his crossing ability, which is so important. Mm. But I'm not comparing to Kevin De Bruyne, but you see him in central midfield, but he hogs it right. I don't see why Tav couldn't do that as well to continue crossing balls into the box. So would you say that without the squad you've got, your ideal midfield three for Rangers would be what? Jack, Aribo, Tav? I'm not sure, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd put Tav in there. It's more just I'd like to see them try it and see how it worked. I think right now, I think right now from what I've seen in league games, it would be Jack Davis and Aribo. And in European games, it would be Jack Kavara and Aribo. Hmm. Very interesting. Does anyone else have any thoughts on uh, James Tavener playing in central midfield for Rangers? Um, I don't have much to add, but I, I think it is a good idea. I just want to agree, really. I think that's it's definitely worth a shot. Like you say, it's maybe not worth the risk, but in games like Ross County, go for it. That's a really good shout, that. I'm quite keen to clip that bit where Graham said Rangers should be able to play a second-string team and beat Ross County when they lose 1-0 on Sunday. I will look, <laughs> I will look forward to that one. Jamie, how about you let us know what you're thinking and give us your big shout? 
Okay, I have uh, a, I have a Cameron Wonstall s big shout, and then I have a, a proper big shout. On you go there, so mate. My Cameron Wonstall esque big shout is that Rangers will beat Galatasaray with ease tonight. Mm. I don't think it's a particularly big shout because they are favourites to win the game. And my proper big shout is uh, that St. Johnson are in a proper relegation battle. They mm-hmm. can't score a goal, so therefore they are in a proper relegation battle. They, I think, I think they've scored one goal in the last six games. Um, they started the season off with a, a pretty decent point, actually, away at Tannadice. Um, they had 10 men for that game, were mm-hmm. 1-0 down, battled back with 10 men to get a point. And you were thinking, oh, that's a, that's a pretty decent result, actually. Uh, on the in the grand scheme of things, and that could kickstart a decent season for them. Then went to Ibrox and were gubbed three 0 No disrespect in that. Then they went to Rugby Park. Obviously, Sean, mm-hmm. they had they never should have won that game, mm-hmm. and obviously they did. So their first win of the season, but it never really should have happened. Yeah. Then they lost a two brutal games of football at home to Aberdeen and Hibs, both one nil. Um, really poor showings from from all three teams concerned and then they beat St Mirren 1-0 another pretty a game where they actually seemed to play quite well actually St Mirren were, were very poor that game apparently from what I read about it offered very little and St Johnson really should have won by more than the solitary goal that they did um, but again their second win of the season then they went to Motherwell lost 1-0 again failed to score against the Motherwell team that are really not performing very well then lost at home to Ross County again failed to score and then the game that Graham was at at the weekend lost 2-0 at the Tony Macaroni, again, failing to score a goal. So, I mean, when we speak about St. Johnson under Tommy Wright, they were usually very solid at the back, very difficult to play against, and they kind of scored. They were they were never a, a free-scoring team, but they were usually a bit more solid at the back. And they've not had a nil-nil this season. So they've kept, I think, one clean sheet against St. Mirren. And that's it. So that is a huge concern for St. Johnson when they aren't scoring goals and they've only kept one clean sheet. So if you're leaking goals and you're not scoring goals, it's not a good combination. And I wouldn't have said this at the start of the season, but uh, we're now into October and I think that St. Johnson, unless they rectify this uh, scoring issue that they've got at the moment, they will be going down at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think that's... Like, but from what we've seen, I can completely understand why you think that. Um, like you said, I, I watched that game against Kelly and without saying too bitter, there was no way that St. Johnson should have won that game. Kelly were cruising until Ross Millen rightfully got himself sent, sent, off, sent off. And then it took the 85th from a defensive mistake from Adam McGowan for uh, St. Johnson to get an equaliser. And then it's a mistake in the 94th minute that inevitably gets Michael O'Halloran the winner. So if you take that game out, they've not won a game this season and it was very much presented to them by Kelly. Um, oh, they beat St Minnan 1-0. Oh, sorry, they beat St Minnan. Sorry, but... sorry, sorry. Um, it was St Minnan who were on a terrible run them, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well. And I mean, it seemed like a real off day from, from St Minnan. Mm. I seem to remember this, this. Someone was at the game, one of the pundits, I remember reading about it and they said that St Minnan were just absolutely brutal. They literally offered nothing and it should have been a lot more than 1-0. But again, it seems like St Johnson created a lot of chances but failed to score. And I think it's not the fact that St. Johnson aren't creating chances. It's the fact that they can't put the ball in the back of the net that seems to be the problem. Yeah, I feel like um, I read something about St. Johnson's XG being really good this year. I think it's yeah. in the top four or five. Right. Um, it's just a real problem with that, actually, like you said, putting the ball into the back of the net. Um, so it might be a case of that ends up coming, but 
you also think that the strikers must be low on confidence. And just it... quickly before you move mm-hmm. on, the tw- that that Saint Mirren game where they won one nil at home, they had forty eight percent possession of the ball, but they had twenty one attempts, only six on target, and only one in the back of the net. So it seems like a, a really dominant display. But again, the the kind of in front of goal, they just seem to be struggling to to put the ball in the back of the net, uh, and that's obviously a real concern as a as I've can highlighted. I just, can I just say, is oh, the striker still Stevie May? Stevie May, Callum uh, Hendry. Well, there's um, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty it. much. Callum, pretty H- much. Callum Hendry yeah. coming into this season had one of the best uh, I don't know, goal I ratios. Stevie May. Yeah, Stevie May. <laughs> Stevie May is one of the few who's who's actually scored a goal for. <laughs> that's crazy. I actually tipped him, sorry. I think it was roundup, or it might have been an extra time. And we were talking about who would take the fifth and sixth spot. And I actually said St Johnston. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Because they've done that yeah. a lot in the past. I don't it, think that's a bad they, shout, though. Saying, they're just... Yeah, exactly, but it's just not going for them this season, as you guys are saying. It's, yeah. it's a weird one. We'll see if they can turn it around, but if they're still in the same position by sort of December time, they're in real, real trouble, aren't they? We've said many times this year, though, haven't we, that we really don't think there's going to be much between 5th and 12th mm, this exactly. year. Yeah. It's kind of a, yeah, a toss of a coin. There's fine lines between all those teams, so um, yeah, definitely an exciting season in Scotland ahead. We'll move on now to the second ball, and we're going to focus on the Scotland squad that came out this week for the upcoming Nations League doubleheader as well as our crucial Euro 2020, it's still called isn't it, uh, playoff semi-final against Israel at Hamden. Uh, I guess probably the big, the big story that we were all talking about the group chat when this came out was the inclusion of Ryan Porteous to add a bit more depth at centre-back. Uh, Cameron, would you say that the, the Hibs man deserved his call? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, there's obviously going to be a lot of talk about him. I think the media are really drive that narrative this week about him being I don't know a bit of a discipline issue or whatever but I think he's been good this season maybe one or two mistakes but he's young and um, I like his attitude and yeah if, if I were in charge I would call him up myself what about yourself what do you think about that oh, I definitely think Ryan Poach deserved it I think after the the Rangers game Hibs tweeted out like quotes about Ryan Poach having a a disciplinary problem and then said that he'd given away eight fouls in nine games or something like that yeah, at the time yeah. so it's all um, blown and I think people say he gets set off a lot, but I think it's actually only two career red cards, maybe three. Mm. I think it's they both came last season. Ones. Yeah, they are they are horrendous yeah. tackles. Mm-hmm. I was at both those games he got sent off last season, one at Rugby Park and one at Easter Road against Ibrox. Against it, Rangers, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah against that. Rangers. Sorry, and yeah, they both were horrendous tackles. But I think he's... I, I don't think you could argue that he's been the best Scottish centre-back in the Premiership this season. Declan Gallagher's not been up to much. McKenna's been out of the squad and is now down at Nottingham Forest, obviously, so I would 100% say that Ryan Porteous is worth his call-up. Do we think, Jamie, do you think he's worth putting into the start of 11, or do you think that, considering the importance of this playoff semi-final, that it's maybe not quite the right time? Um, I wouldn't really be against putting him in. I think he's he's young enough, He's seems to be very, he seems to have an, have an arrogance um, about him, and I, and I like that. I think he seems kind of fearless. He's not going to be kind of phased by by this. He's really going to relish it. And uh, you know, you said it yourself there, like Gallagher, McKenna. I don't know. I mean, I, I would quite like to see Liam Cooper start this time because I mm. he didn't start the last uh, the last time. I don't think did he? And, and he we were against the Czech Republic. Yeah, the second game. I didn't start in the. That was a friendly, though, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was Nations League as well, I, but it was uh... against the uh, C team. Oh, right. Yeah. I would like to have seen him start the competitive game um this time. Then I would like to see him I would like to see him play play again this time. 
um, along, possibly alongside Porteous. Um, you, we, we've spoken the last time on Extra Time, we spoke about how uh, when we picked our Scotland team, about our defenders all being right-footed or something, I think, was it? They're all left-footed, yeah. They're all left-footed, right. And uh, I think we said that Porteous was was uh, was different or something in that category. So I Absolutely. think uh, for for reasons like that, I think uh, I would, I would, I certainly wouldn't be against starting him. Put it that way. Graham, what are your thoughts on how uh, Scotland line up defensively this time round? Do you think that we'll see the back three again that we saw in that Nations League double header, or do you think it's time to revert to to the back four? I'd like to think that they would revert revert back to the back four. Yeah, but I can't say we're holding out much hope. I thought it was pretty clear when we played Czech Republic that the back three wasn't working about five minutes into the game and we persisted with it for the 90 minutes. It seems as though it's something that Steve Clark wants to push on with and carry on and make his tactic for Scotland. Must see it as we're not hugely defensively stable and three to backs an extra defender is the way forward but for me I would go with four. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Jamie, Ryan Fraser's back in the squad, but James Forrest misses out with injury. How do you sort of assess the, the state of the wide players in the squad? Do you think, are you confident in that area going into this game? Uh, to be honest, I'm not, I can't really say I'm too confident in uh, in any of the areas, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think we've, we've got our weaknesses all over the pitch at the moment. Um, look, obviously it kind of depends on how how fit Ryan Fraser is. Obviously, he hasn't played an awful lot of football since uh, since he joined Newcastle. I'm not sure if he's just not been 100% or Steve Bruce has just given him a wee bit of time to adapt after uh, signing him from Bournemouth. But I would quite like to see Fraser get some get some minutes under his belt for the national team again. It's been a while, I feel like, since I've seen him play. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just looking at the squad now. If they obviously they go with the back four, are we thinking that it's going to be Armstrong and, and Christie and Fraser in behind? The striker again, or what are we thinking? I hope so. I hope, like, I hope it's there. a four. So um, yeah, yeah. Christie will play wide, I think, because of the lack of Forest. Ryan Fraser is he I starting think... for Newcastle though? He has hey, played League so, Cup games, but so he played yesterday and uh, he was very poor. But I think Jamie was on to something when he said that it's just going to ease him in. You got to remember that he had no club and didn't come back after the restart. Yeah. So he hasn't yeah. played for the best part of five months before this. So. It, it's going to take a while for him to get back in game shape and it seems so he's, he's had a couple of games league cup games two three games but we need a wide option with some pace at some point we can't have zero them even if he doesn't have to start he needs to be in the squad i think it's a different option i was just reminded when uh, jamie said that he's not confident about any area that i've completely skipped over my big shout because it kind of um feeds into that and i've just just literally just before we started recording i changed it because i saw the uh, England midfield for in their squad, and I think the Scotland midfield might be a little bit better. I'll read you the names. So in England's midfield squad for their upcoming Nations League games, they've got Jordan Henderson, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse, and Harry Winks are their central midfield options. Is that that much better than nah, it's not. Armstrong, Christie, Fleck? Jack, McGinn, McGregor, McLean, McTominay. Nah, it's not. Nah, no, no, you're spot on. I think that's equal, if not better. Yeah, I'd say it's about the same. Yeah. I just, that, that's quite a, a worrying state of affairs for an England fan, is it not? I mean, we yeah, could say that it looks great for us, but that's really not too inspiring from Gareth Southgate's point of view, is it, Cameron? 
No, I, I think the only thing I'll have going from it, quite a few of them are young, aren't they? Calvin Phillips yeah. and the likes. They're still, even the ones that are slightly older, like 23, 24, that's still young at international level. So he doesn't have to worry about that midfield. You look at his forwards, a lot of them can play in midfield, probably like Rashford can play on the wing and the like. And uh, their defence is still pretty strong. They've got a lot of defenders on that list. That's what I noticed. They're all right and back. A few of them like... are midfielders too, like Saka, Maitland Niles, um, Colour Cody could. I know he hasn't for a few years, but he can mm. play midfield. Um, so I don't think he's worrying, but. From a Scotland point of view, that's that is quite a good thing because it shows that we really aren't as far behind as we should be. It's just a matter of getting the tactics right, getting that bit of belief back, and actually making it to a tournament to try and show what we've got. Really, I'd love to yeah. play to play them again soon in a qualifier yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Ryan Porteous in a Scotland England game. Abby. <laughs> good viewing. Oh. Harry Kane wouldn't be walking. <laughs> Absolutely love to see it. We'll get back on to more of our, our Scotland chat uh, since I forgot about my big shout. Uh, Graham, Ryan Jack's inclusion, despite being injured, has kind of been talked about a bit. Uh, Stephen Jenner has spoken publicly in the past about how he feels the national team mismanaged Ryan Jack in a sort of physical sense. They don't uh, maybe maintain his injuries in quite the right way or in quite the same sort of detail that Rangers do. Are you surprised that he's in this squad, especially considering the old firm game's only a few weeks away? I, I am shown in a way, but the only thing that kind of makes me unsurprised is I'm pretty sure the same happened in Strangland last month when he called him up and he just wasn't fit. Mm. I fully expect Ryan Jack to pull out this squad and what, he hasn't been training for Ranger. I think there's a I might sort of report that he could be back into training this week, but not full training. I just don't understand why he's been included, especially with the number of options we have in centre midfield. Yeah. Something well, like Ross McCrory could have been in that place instead. Yeah, dude. What do you think about the uh, Ross McCrory not being included in that squad, Jamie? Because he's been uh, Aberdeen's standout player since moving there. He's played a variety of roles and really looks to be a sort of breakout star in the Premiership this season. Yeah, I think he should have been in there. Look, we spoke during the week about how he can also play right back, and obviously when we picked our squads for the last uh, the last Scotland <laughs> set of qualifiers, right back was the position that divided opinion. So yeah, we put a striker uh, I'm there. sure. <laughs> I'm sure we all would have been in favour of, uh, of, or not against, maybe not all in favour, but mm. but not uh, not strongly against Ross McCrory being being trialled at right back. Cameron, what do you think about the the state of affairs when, like Graham said, Lauren Shanklin was called up and then when he clearly wasn't fit and pulled out, the same kind of happened to Ollie McBurney. He wasn't ready to play a full international. He was just sort of rehabilitating with friendlies down at Sheffield United and then. Uh, Graham suggested the same might happen with Ryan Jack. What's the point in calling these players up if if they are just going to pull out and ultimately Scotland fans' perception of them is going to be affected by that? Yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's true. You saw how people reacted to McBurney, and it turns out he was. He was just unfit. He's still coming back from injury, and um, the fans hounded him. And certain fans will do the same to Ryan Jack, which is completely ridiculous. But yeah, what's the point? Especially when you've got three games to play, you have to pick your fittest players because that's three games in a week. That's a lot at international level. Half of them go back into an old firm that they all want to be playing in. Um, it makes no sense whatsoever. If anyone even had a, a a doubt about them with their injuries, I would be calling them up for this triple header. I'd only be picking players that are fully fit to play. So Ryan Jack, as much as he's probably one of the first names on my team sheet right now, mm. I wouldn't be calling him up because it's just it's not fair to the Rangers fans, the Rangers team, and to Scotland fans because it's just a name or the player team sheet, really, or the player exactly. Yeah, just yeah. he'll want to play, You're- but. Really, the medical staff should be saying, no, you're not ready, you, you can't play, but I, I don't know, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but either way, it, it does seem not right. You're right about the perception, 
like mm. you, from from a fan's perspective you know as as you say McBurney was was really really heavily criticized in the media for for when that uh, that Sheffield United friendly was uh, squad was was announced and he was on the bench or started or whatever I can't remember I don't think he even played very long but you know Scotland fans were, were right on it saying oh he can play in a friendly for Sheffield United but he can't play for his country and all that and ultimately it forces the player to then have to release a statement that says oh you know Lucas don't believe everything you read and all that but it just doesn't look good and I just think it's pretty unprofessional from from um from the national team's point of view anyway we could we could really deal with matters like that a bit better than we've done recently yeah absolutely uh, we've spoken a bit about Ollie McBurney there he's certainly seemed to have been the favourite of Steve Clark when he has been available but we saw Lyndon Dykes put on two very solid performances last month. Graham, how do you expect that battle for the number nine spot to play out for such an important game? I would expect that Lyndon Dykes keep his place. Mm. Because I thought he was the standard player in the last two games. And you have to remember playing Israel again in that playoff game. And that's what we played last month. And that he bullied them last month. And there's no reason to suggest he could do it any different this time. It's just about how we support him better this time. Are we all thinking the same that Lyndon Dyke should keep his place in the starting lineup? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I hope we go back to the the uh, a sort of back four with Lyndon Dykes up front himself. I don't I, like we said before, Ollie McBurney himself. I don't think works particularly well. If you're doing the three five two, maybe try them together, but I don't know if it's going to work with the two, two big guys. So. Um, we'll move on now to see it out. I've got an exciting one for you boys. So. It's the 1st of October today, which is two months to the day since this Scottish Premiership season got underway. But how much mm. have you guys been paying attention? In front of me, I have every single player who scored a goal in the Scottish Premiership this season. I would, oh dear. I would like these rattled oh. off. Oh no. I want it fast-paced. I want loads of correct answers. Oh my God. There's not oh. actually... There's less than... 80. So, I think we should yeah. get stuck in with this one. Um, obviously, own goals don't count, so just anyone who scored a goal in the Scottish Premiership this season will go Cameron, Jamie, Graham. Okay. Um, Stevie May. <laughs> the nice one to start with. <laughs> Odson Edward. He's on the list. Alfredo Morelos. Yep. Um, a Dolphin. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Go machine. Yep. Uh, Ryan Kent. Mm-hmm. Jordan Jones. <laughs> no. Incorrect. <laughs> <Correct. laughs> oh, he did manage to get a goal at first part last week. Um, Guthrie. Livingston. <laughs> really it's just fancy football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Tavernier. Yes, of course. Kamaru. Yep, scored against Kilmarnock. Um, Christian Deutsch. Yep, Christian Deutsch is there. Hibs will be tweeting the Welsh FA just because you've said that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hedges. Ryan Hedges did. He scored Aberdeen's first goal of the season against St Johnston. Cedric Hitton. Yep, crack, two, well, not one cracker last week, the other ones had happened. Uh, Josh Deutsch. Josh Doig has not scored a goal in the Premiership this season. Is he not? I nah. thought he scored an absolute worldie. No? No, he almost scored an absolute worldie. <laughs> You've just made what? up a Josh Doig wonder goal. That's not bad. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I only fought him because of Doig. 
Um, so that's Cameron out quite early for a big list like this. Which is... I'm going to have to look up what I got that from. I thought he scored like a pure 35-yard streamer. He must have had like a close chance or something. I've seen the highlight. Anyways, continue, continue, continue. Impressive. Uh, yeah, on you go, Jamie. Nicky Kabamba. Of course, I was waiting for that one. Four, four in his last four games, actually. Hmm. Scott, Scott Arfield. Yes, yeah, Scott Arfield has got a goal. Chris one. Burke. Yeah, hundred yards, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Alan Forrest. Yeah, you saw that live. You cheat. Mm-hmm. Joe Neal. Yep, Joe Neal has got a goal for Hibs this season. I think it was at St Mirren. Scott Tiffany. Scott Tiffany, yes, again, sticking with what you know. Martin Boyle. Yep, two on the opening day against Kilmarnock. Lauren Shanklin. Yep, two in his last two for the Scotland international. Lewis Ferguson. Yeah, scores the pens for Aberdeen, doesn't he? Yeah, Taylor's fantasy pick. Jonathan Obika. Obika. Yeah, that's there. Uh, Christopher Long. Chris Long has got to go. Where are Mother on my list? Yeah. Uh, Liam Craig. Yeah, it's going to the opening day against St. Uh, against St. Johnson, against Dundee Knight. Mark O'Hara. Yeah, he scored a penalty against Aberdeen. I'm just trying to think. This is the game that I'm thinking of. Uh... <laughs> James Forrest. Yeah. Um, I'm stabbing in the dark here. Mugabe, I think, scored the third. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shane Duffy. Yep. Um. Oh, it's getting. There's still plenty, of, plenty of options. There must, yeah, there must still be What's a few. Like... I've got some. I was just trying to be too clever. <laughs> That's really annoying. Uh, you got a habit of that. Yanis, had Janis He scored a goal. He, he has he? scored yeah. one. Oh, Jesus! I was lucky. <laughs> uh, Jamie Thornton. Yeah. Graham feels comfortable here. Graham's. Your game's got yeah. a rhythm. Oh, no, I don't know about that. I don't know. I feel like you're, you're, you've got a strategy that I'm enjoying. Uh, Sporla. Yeah, he scored last week, didn't he? In the he scored against St. Marin, I think. Yeah, the week before last, sorry. But Jason you, Holt. Jason Holt has scored a penalty for Libby at Celtic Park. He's to... Patrick Kilmala scored opening day, I think. He certainly did. Yes. The other goal in Libby's game in Celtic was Julian Serrano. The Monaco Loney, indeed. <laughs> he's hitting back quickly, Jamie. He's not giving you time to think. Yeah, no. He's, he's in uh, Peter Pollock. Peter Pollock has got a goal for Dundee United this season. Oh. I, believe, I believe Christopher Ayer scored against Ross County. He did. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Christopher Ayer did score a goal against Ross County. I think Nicky Clark has scored a penalty. Oh, God damn it. He's actually scored two. He scored two penalties. Um, two goals. I can't remember if it's two penalties. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> 
Nah, can Nicky Clark score against Ross County in the same game that Cole Donaldson scored a screamer? <laughs> that is uh, correct, actually. I, didn't, I really didn't think Cole Donaldson was going to get uh, ticked off this list, but he has been. <laughs> uh, the Wolf. Even the Wolf Brophy is there, absolutely. Ooh, it's getting a bit tough now. <laughs> it's getting a bit tough now. It's getting a bit tough now. Who scored? Who scored goals? <laughs> uh, Cal McGregor. Callum McGregor has scored a goal. Oh, thank God. Um, own goals, I can't say people that scored own goals, can I? No, own goals don't count. No, I've got plenty of them. <laughs> Greg Kilty scored. He did. For, yep. He was in my fantasy team, that's the only reason I know that. Yep. Greg Kilty is there, scored against Hamilton last week, week before last. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> There's oh, some ones I'm looking forward to. I think I've got of. one more, but I think that's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Calum Hendry score? don't think he has. Calum Hendry has not scored a goal for Damn. St. Johnson this season, which means Jimmy yes. McIntosh is our first two-time winner. Of Can I give you my, my one more as well? Go my for one it. One more. Did anyone say Rory McKenzie? Absolutely not. And I was about to go yes. mental. Did somebody say Albin Ayeti? Nobody said Albin Ayeti, the oh. top scorer in the division. He, he was that's, in my head fair. for ages, but I couldn't remember somebody said his name. <laughs> anyone do a start to say fair. Kevin Nisbet? Kevin Nisbet was not said by anyone oh, either. I don't think anyone said Dodge either. No, no Cameron, did. Cameron did, did say Dodge. I said oh, Dodge. Right. Was going to say Nisbet. Thought, wait, I wasn't listening. Someone's probably said him. They went for Josh Doig. I hate myself. Yeah. I do. But so, I, well I, done, had a, I had a jetty, I had Nisbet in my, in my thoughts, and I just could not remember. I'll very quickly run through who um, the names not said. You did, you did do pretty well, guys. Uh, Ross Stewart? Yeah, Ross Stewart. Was there. Yeah. Um, so for Aberdeen, Scott Wright, Ross McCrory, and Marley Watkins. Celtic players, you didn't say Ryan Christie, Christopher Julien, and Mohamed El Yunusi scored last week. Uh, the only Dundee United player I didn't get was Mark Reynolds and they won uh, against Motherwell. Uh, Hamilton, David Templeton and Kyle Monroe, the two players that I was at that game for. Stevie Marlins scored a pair against St Johnson and Dre Wright against Rangers. Uh, for Kelly, Alan Power, Aaron Tishbola, uh, Livy, Lyndon Dykes and Scott Pittman. Motherwell, David Turnbull and Alan Campbell. Rangers, Barisic and Aribo. Uh, County, Billy Mc... Billy Mackay, Ross Draper, Ian Vigers, Sir Johnston, David Wotherspoon and Michael O'Halloran and last team St Mirren, Richard Tate, Lee Erwin and Dylan Connolly. Did we enjoy that one guys? Ah, that was a good one, enjoyed that. That was a good one. Oh, another one. That was a good one. No. I was disappointed that you chucked it so, so early, oh, Cameron. No, I'm raging, honestly, I can't have done that. Honestly, if Struan's listening, he'll have to say it on the group chat if Doink <laughs> had like a 35 yard like screamer that either was like saved or went yeah, over. Yeah, yeah he did, he did yeah, have a good effort. Was, I, thought was a I thought that was a goal. I thought that was a goal. Was it? There we go. Right, at least that that makes it a little less embarrassing. I don't know. I like, um, it, was a home, it was a home game, I think. He had a good effort was against it? somebody. Yeah. Uh, I think it was oh, at Easter okay. Road. I remember watching it on Sports Scene. Nisbet didn't even get saved. I didn't have to jump to him. That's, yeah, that's, that's quite poor, actually. Some of the ones we missed, like Horrendous. a jetty and that. That's yeah, Ryan poor. Christie. Got yeah, that's one. Good quiz, though. Alan Campbell. Thank you very much. Aye, decent, decent quiz. Jamie's two-time winner, and we better move on pretty quickly because me and Cameron have class pretty soon. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, we'll start looking ahead with the two remaining Scottish sides in Europe as Celtic travel to Bosnia to take on FK Sarajevo, while Rangers welcome 
Galatasaray to Ibrox in a game that I'm sure we wish all had fans. Uh, we'll start with Celtic. They beat Sarajevo 5-2 over two legs in last season's Champions League qualifiers. But uh, Cameron, they haven't looked entirely convincing in Europe this season. So do you think, um, do you expect them to handle this one comfortably or do you think it'll be another tough game for Neil Lennon's men? We say this kind of every time, like it should be, but it ends up not being the case. Um, mm. They should be fine. Like They're missing, I think it's just Forrest and Ejeti that are out. And yeah. Julian can be picked if needed. Um, I think if they start with El Unice up top, and I'm assuming Edwards fit, I don't know what's going on with him, but let's just assume it is mm. injury concerns, he should be back fine. Um, I would also give Turnbull a chance. I'd start Turnbull. I think he just sort of inject that creativity that they'll need for this game. Um, I also wouldn't mind seeing Frimpong higher up the pitch, if possible. I think he'd be a good replacement for Forrest, but that's just my opinion. Um, back to your question, I think, yeah, they should be seeing off Sarajevo, no problem. Even just a 2-0 win or something, doesn't have to be anything spectacular. And uh, they'll get a deserved spot in Europe's group stages this season. Jamie, you said earlier you were confident that Rangers will beat Galatasaray. Why is that? Because they're no, it's a uh, Stephen Gerrard has a very good record in these European qualifiers, but over his tenure they haven't met someone with a club with quite the stature of Galatasaray. Galatasaray and the team they used to be. I think Turkish football in general isn't really the, uh, the the force that it once was. The same goes for Fenerbahce. To be honest, uh, you see um, that Basakasir team seem to be doing quite well now and mm -hmm. you know i'd never heard of them before until like a couple of years ago i think galatasaray finished like six or something last season and you know obviously it was always a ding-dong battle when i was growing up between themselves and fenerbahce for for the title um so i to basically sum up i just don't think they're the they're the force that they once were galatasaray um i think i would say a different story if the game was was in this in istanbul but uh i think uh, fancy rangers at home Against uh, against most teams, to be honest, so I think Rangers will get the better of them by a couple of goals tonight. Actually, Graham, you weren't confident last week against uh, Willems by the the Dutch team. How are you feeling about this one? I am more optimistic about this game, primarily because it's at home. Because even despite not having fans, it's still an advantage to play a home game. You don't have to travel, mm -hmm. and so it's, uh, I think you look at Galatasaray and you see lots of names: Falcao, you see Babel, but they're not that great anymore. There'll be other players. Yeah. Bill Hand is a good player, but other than that, I'm not sure they're filled with stars anymore. I think it will still be a tight game. I think it'll be quite similar to the Legia game, which I was at last year, where there wasn't a huge number of chances and it took until the last minute. A wonderful Jordan Jones ball in. From <laughs> Alfredo Morello <laughs> stepped in the last minute. Yeah, it's just taking him until last week to do something else productive for Rangers. <laughs> yeah, you space them out once a year, they don't really, don't, doesn't really make much of an impression. I'll, I'll, uh, I, I think the game will follow a similar pattern to that. Maybe, or hopefully it's an early goal in the 90th minute. But I think Rangers should have enough. I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, Graham, how do you feel about the... I have saw some um, Rangers fans suggest on, on Twitter that maybe it might be best for Rangers to drop out of Europe at, uh, at this stage to focus entirely on their league campaign while Celtic go on to play Thursday-Sunday for a good few weeks. How do you feel about that? I think in terms of the the competitive aspect of it, yes, I think it would have been good. It, would, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, like in the sense that it would benefit New Year's in the league. But you have to go for this because money is so important, especially yeah. the current climate with the coronavirus. There's so much money for Rangers to to win, 
by playing Europa League, they made it's basically their main source of income. I think it was last year, the amount of prize money they got from Europa League. Mm. And I think not having that could be pretty dangerous in the long term for us. Absolutely. So um, we'll move on now to deciding our game of the week. What we're thinking about this one, there's some interesting ties coming up. Cameron, how about you give us your shout? Uh, I've went Leeds United to Manchester mm-hmm. City. I think it's half five on Saturday. And I just think that'll be a brilliant game. Hopefully yeah. again with Leeds high scoring. The apprentice and the master. I sound like there was some yeah. some yeah. Uh, tones of agreement there. Was that Jamie? Was that yourself? That was uh, that was not me, no. Uh, Graham, was that you, or was it? Did yeah. I just make these? You... That, that was me. I, 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 that, that is my. I didn't make game. it up. That's my. <laughs> that's my easy game of the week. Team that have started amazing in Leeds. Look at look at the back. City haven't looked great either. Guardiola's. I can picture Guardiola looks up to Bielsa. Mm-hmm. One of his icons as a manager. Yes. yes. Guardiola's definitely bring all his own like ice bucket thingy to sit on, just to impress <laughs> him. It's be cooler. Just just to. <laughs> Just the Leeds yeah. <laughs> the Leeds thing in the Premier League right now this is like one of the most enjoyable things about the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is the easy game of the week. Yeah. Well but yourself, Jamie, so if you're not agreeing then if there was no tones of agreement there, then tell they me what you're thinking. For me, no. I, the, the guys are right, I think that'll be a very good game. Um I am really looking forward to the game at Ibrox tonight, personally. Mm. Um yeah. from a neutral's point of view, obviously. I'm not a Rangers fan. Um, I will be paying to watch this game tonight on Rangers Television. That's yeah, I think how, I'm the same. That's how much I'm looking forward to it tonight. Yeah, well, um, that lineup, though, the TV lineup. Yeah, yeah. Graham, do you want to yeah. talk us through it and tell us why, why it's so good? <laughs> well, we've got Emma Dodds, which is a fantastic host. Let's give him Emma Dodds. Okay, Emma Dodds, Dodds is very good. Applause, yeah. 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 I think yeah. it's a bit <laughs> <laughs> Then we've got Neil McCann, who's a great, who's a fantastic pundit, and he should be getting more opportunities. We've got then we've got the big characters. We've got Alan McCoyst. We've got Legend. Benzunas. Yeah. We've got Watersmith. Yeah. And I think I missed somebody else out. Clive. Oh. Clive's on comms. Oh, and Clive's on comms again. And Clive, Clive's biased when he's with Rangers as well. He's slightly long. I finished the last time he was on, he insinuated that Celtic's titles don't count because Rangers are there, which I am all for. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all for it. He's been going to his staunch classes and he's been performing well. I, I didn't include that in the Game of the Week thoughts. It's today. I thought we're looking at looking ahead to the weekend's fixtures more than Monday. I do have one for the weekend uh, as well. Actually, my uh, I'm very much looking forward to watching Everton versus Brighton on uh, Saturday yeah. at three o'clock. Um, Brighton obviously were very impressive against Manchester United, not last night at the weekend, yeah. and uh, before that, sorry, the um, very good performance away at Newcastle. Um, started the season very well. I thought they were. Played well against Chelsea. I thought Chelsea were pretty lucky to get away with three points. Never mind a three-one victory. Um, so they've actually been playing some some very good football this season and should really should, should never have lost the game to United at the weekend. So their league position should actually be better than it than it already is, despite some very good performances and obviously Everton, the high flying uh, high flying toffees. Scoring plenty of goals, 4-1 against West Ham last night, 2-1 against Palace, 5-2, 5 3-0, 1-0, 2-0. So, um, yeah, been very impressed with Everton. So, should be plenty of goals in that game for me, and that is why I'm very much looking forward to watching that one as well. Yeah, that's fair. It's good case you make, I'm going to stick with the guys and go for Leeds United versus Manchester City as Ooh. the energy extra time game of the week. We're also going to have a bonus podcast out tomorrow where we're going to talk about 
how Celtic Rangers get on in Europe as well as looking ahead at the Champions League draw and the Europa League draw for the group stages which we're all very excited about. Um, so we'll catch you again tomorrow and make sure you listen out for the Fantasy Ramble where they'll be previewing the Premier League fixtures and also the Football Roundup at the start of next week to talk you through the weekend. Thank you to Cameron Wonstoke, Jamie McIntosh and Graham Sinclair for joining me and thank you to you for listening and we hope to see you again soon. Cheers.